All right, so uh, we're in the same mitzvah over here. Mitzvah Ayin is where we're off to. It's on page Nundalad in the uh, Maduras that we have. Mitzvah, mitzvah Ayin. Okay, so we'll go through the Rambam and uh, we'll mention some the details of this halacha and we'll move into the Pneumius and avoid the Shabbai. And again, it's one of the most amazing things is that even mitzvahs and, uh, you know, concepts that practically speaking are foreign are not things that we're able to do, unfortunately, nowadays. Uh, but so when you get to the Neshama of it, it becomes something that's very, very real to us even right now. So let's see it together. Mitzvah Ayin. So Mitzvah Ayin, the 70th Mitzvah of Taryag is Shetzivanu, is that we are commanded, Lahakriv Karban, to bring a Karban, Kishneschadish Lanu Safik, Beechad Mi Oisim Hachatayim Hagadayim Shechayavin Alzadayin Karas Valshigas and Chatas Kavua. Now it says the Ramah, the, the Mitzvah that we're going to be learning today is the Mitzvah of an Ashim Tali, which is that if a person is in doubt whether they committed an Avera that would require a carbon Chatas, they're not sure if they did it or not, so they're obligated to bring an Ashim. It's called an Ashim Tali, uh, a hanging Ashim. It's an Ashim, you're not sure if you did the Avera or not. Vizak carbon, this carbon is Yikari Ashim Tali, it's called an Ashim Tali. Vitoyer HaSafik has that. Now, what is an example of not sure if you did the Avera? that would obligate you to bring the Sashem Toloi. So who, the following example. Let's say, for example, you have in front of you you have two pieces of meat, two pieces of fat. You have two pieces of fat, one is a kosher piece of fat, and one is chelov, one is aser, one is a forbidden fat. And if you were to eat the chelov, the piece that's forbidden, you would be chayev, a carbon chatos. But what's the situation? You ate one of them. You didn't know what. And then the other piece got lost or someone else ate it. And now you don't know. Did I eat the forbidden one or did I eat the kosher one? I don't know. So am I a carbon chatas or not? I'm not sure. And like it just dawned on you, this thought. Was the piece that I eat a mutter piece? Was it kosher? Or was it the treif one? So you don't know. So this is where the situation is that you have to bring this carbon ashim tolu, this, this carbon that you're bringing because you're not sure whether you're obligated a carbon chatzis or not. And you'll have a kapara through this ashim tolu. And again, this is called an ashim tolu. Okay. Now the Raman goes a little bit further. Let's say, so fine, the situation is you have these two pieces of meat. Again, one's kosher, one's tray. If you ate one, you don't know which one you ate. So you're not sure if you didn't have it or not. You have to bring an ashram tole. Let's say a little bit later on, it becomes clarified and you, and you figure out, you find out that Yutaka did that there. This is after you brought your ashram tole. So says the Rambam, it's an interesting halacha. If it becomes clear to you afterwards, the piece that you ate, was in fact the forbidden fat. means that you now know for sure that Yutaka did that there. You then have to bring a carbon chatas. So the, on top of the Ashim Toli. So the Ashim Toli is only good during the time of doubt. Once it becomes clear to you that you did something wrong, then the Ashram Tali doesn't help that. Then you have to bring a carbon chatas. So the Ashram Tali helps just to sort of get you to that point, to protect you, we'll see, this, we'll see soon, to protect the person from Einshim or whatever the case may be, to bring a kapara while you're in that state of doubt. But once it becomes clear that you did that there, you can't rely on the Ashram Tali, then you have to bring a, 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 a bona fide carbon chatas. That's the halacha. And 
and the pasuk that this pus, that this carbon is coming from, the, the source of this uh, this idea, is Amr Vayikra. It's a pasuk in Parshas Vayikra. That if a person doesn't have veira, and does one of the mitzvahs that you're not supposed to do, in other words, he violates a prohibition, but he doesn't know that he did it. He doesn't know that he did it. You know, obviously, and as he did something, he doesn't he doesn't know if it was an aveira or not. The nasa avainai, so and, and it's possible that he's carrying an aveira on him. The heavy ayel tamim and hatzayin. He has to bring uh, an ayel as a ram uh, from the sheep family. Barakicha laasham el He has to bring it as an asham to the kain. The chipar of a kain al shegagase ashashagag, and the kapara will and the kain will bring a kaparatim through the carbon on the aveira that he did accidentally. V'hu layada. As long as again, as long as he doesn't know. As long as he doesn't know, while he doesn't know, while he's in a state of doubt, then he brings the carbon Ashim Tali, and the Ashim Tali will help him out. He doesn't know if he did that there or not. But again, once it becomes clear to him that he did, then he can't rely on the Ashim Tali, you have to bring a, a real Chavis. This is called, this is called a carbon that's brought while you're in a state of Lehaida, of not knowing. And the halachas of this are discussed more in Mitzvahs Krisis. That's the uh, that's the Rambam. That's the halacha of Nashim Tali. Now again, a few details in the halacha, and then we'll move on to uh, go a little bit deeper into it. The example the Rambam gave of was what? Was you have two pieces of meat, one's kosher, one's treif. You don't know which one you ate. That example the Rambam is giving, he gave that for a reason. The uh, it's a it's a machlagis in the Gemara, but we paskin the Rambam paskins that the only type of, of, of suffix, avera that you have to bring an Ashram Tali in is what's called a, a, a suffix where there was an Isser Kavua. What does mean Isser Kavua? It means there was something for sure here that was Aser. The question is whether I did it or not, but there was definitely something here that was a problem. So the example he gave was two pieces of meat, one's kosher, one's treif. There's for sure something wrong over here. It's just a matter of whether I ate the right one or the wrong one. Uh, other examples, um, um, I, I, I did a malacha. I did a malacha. I, 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 I cut down a tree. There's for sure such a thing as doing that on Shabbos, and there's for sure such a thing as doing that on a Monday. I don't know if it was on a Shabbos or a Monday. You have to have an iser kavua. But if you have, let's say, one piece of meat, I don't know if it's kosher or not. I have no idea. It's not for sh- there could be, in front of me, nothing, nothing wrong at all. It could be this is an absolutely kosher piece of meat and nothing at all. In my mind, I'm not sure. That's not an iser kavua. So there has to be something that's in front of you that's for sure a problem. You just don't know whether you partook of it. What's the difference if you cut a fruit tree down? A tree or a fruit tree? It doesn't make a difference. No, I mean, uh, fruit trees also, even on Monday. No, but not, but not to the extent that you have oh, a chathos, right. So we're talking, again, that's another thing. We're talking about only Averis, that if you did it, if you for sure did it, we're talking about a chiv chathos, which, you know, it's a lav with car- which carries a curries to it. That's the only type of veer that we're discussing. So that's the, uh, that's the concept of Vashem Tali. Okay. So that's, a, that's that, right. So it, it, it's a chiddish, but they, I, I guess the way the, the Chazal really see that as like sort of, look at the, the calendar in, 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 a, in a bigger sense. In other words, what's in front of me conceptually, Shabbos and Monday, these are both times, and I'm, I'm just not sure which one I did, which day I did it in, but either way, there's in front of me conceptually something that's awesome. Cutting down a tree on Shabbos. I just don't know whether that's, that happened or cutting down a tree. Yeah, 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 it's a chiddush. It's a chiddush. Okay, al that's the concept of Vashem Tali. So now let's, let, let's move into uh, something related to it, but it'll, it'll, it'll shed a little light on this subject. 
So what you have in front of you is a, is a piece from Shar Yaisha, it's from Shimon Shkup. So this might take us back to the yeshiva days, some of us, Shar Yaisha. So this is a, this is a, no, Shar Yaisha is a heart safer, okay, don't get me wrong. So we're not, this is not, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take this nice and slow, so don't worry about it. So this is in Shar Yaisha, it's in Paragimel. So on the left side, you see where the arrow is? Okay, so a little bit of background of what Rabbi Shimon is coming to discuss over here. It's not a difficult idea, but it's like this. We know that there's such an idea. I get it, again, the Ashram Tali we're dealing with is, is, is revolving around the case of a Suffolk. Right? The guy, again, I don't know whether I did anything wrong. I'm not sure. I ate something. I'm not sure if it's kosher or not. So I have to bring an Ashram Tali. Right? Okay, so now we know there's a general idea when it comes to Suffolk. It's a rule that we know throughout, which is Suffolk Daraisa Luchomer. Suffolk Daraisa Luchomer. Let's say I have a piece of meat. I'm talking, not sure. Let's see this case, right? We're talking about, well, the guy already ate the meat. He has to bring an Ashram Tali. Was he allowed to eat the meat? He has in front of him two pieces. You're not sure whether one is, you know, whether it's kosher or not. He doesn't know what's what. Is he supposed to eat it? Is he allowed to eat it? Not Suffolk, the Raisa. It's L'chumra. Unless you have to be machmer. If you have a doubt whether what's in front of you is Anissa, the Raisa, you have to be machmer. You have to be machmer. You have to avoid it. Suffolk, the Raisa, L'chumra. You know, there's a, a big machlagis rishainim between the Rambam and the Rajava. Okay? This principle of Suffolk, the Raisa, L'chumra. If I'm not sure whether something is usher from the Torah, I have to be machmer. Is that midaraisa or is that only midarabana? Is that midaraisa or is that midarabana? One more time. Is the, the fact that you have to be machmer on a daraisa, right? Again, I have a, a piece of meat. I'm not sure if it's kosher or not. I'm not allowed to eat it, right? Is it right? It, we're, the fact that I, am not, that I should be machmer on myself to avoid the possible avera, is that itself from the Torah? Or is that, no, no, no that's only midarabana. From the Torah, you're allowed to do it. Right? Because it might be okay. Midrabbanan, and they said, you're not allowed to do it on a derais. You know, when it's a Suffolk derais, you follow? That's the... Smachlech is Rishayim. The Rambam is of the opinion that Suffolk deraisa l'chomra is only midrabbanan. Midraisa, on a biblical level, if you have a Suffolk, you're allowed to do it. The Rajva disagrees. So Rav Shimon over here is coming to explain exactly what that means. What exactly is the Smachlech is over here? So it's very simple. So it's like this. Take a look at the, by the arrow. The arrow is pointing to uh, the middle of that line by the, by the star. He says like this. He explains. Let's go with the Rambam for a second. Again, you have a piece of meat in front of you. You're not sure if it's kosher or not. So what would the Torah say for me to do? The Torah says, it's fine. Go ahead. Says Rosh what does that mean? Even if we say that when you have a suffix about a deraisa, as far as the Torah is concerned, it's mutter. It doesn't mean that the Rabbanu Shalom is saying, well, this, this piece of meat, maybe it's kosher, maybe it's not. Go ahead, do it. There's nothing wrong. That's not the pshat. Because the truth is, if you eat that piece of meat and it turns out that a taka was treif, then you did something that the Rabbanu Shalom is not happy with. So what does it mean when the Rambam holds that if, you're not, if it's a suffolk, it's mutter? It means, It means that the Rabbanu Shalom is saying to you, eat at your own risk. I'm not creating a new Isser of, you're not sure, any case of doubt is usr. I'm not doing that. I'm saying, this is, there's a possibility that this is a problem. It's a possibility it's not. Eat at your own risk. Eat at your own risk. The Rabbanu Shalom did not, according to the Rambam, the Rabbanu Shalom did not create a new Isser for a state of being in doubt. The Kamei Shemaya Galyad Asa Avera. If it turns out that you did the Avera, then you did the Avera. 
just like the object is not changing. So the, the repercussions for, for the act also doesn't change. So in other words, what Rabbi is saying is like this, is that this machlekes that we have between the Rambam and the Rajba, again, you have a, a piece of meat in front of you, you're not sure whether it's, whether it's treif or not, what does the Torah say for me to do? Says Rabbi Shimon like this, the reality is that it might be treif. And if you eat it, you might be eating something treif. The sheet of the Rambam is, is that the Rabbanu Shlalem is not telling you what to do. The Rabbanu is not telling you, don't eat anything that you're in doubt about. The Rabbanu is saying to you, eat at your own risk. You want to take the risk. You want to be Meshigana and eat it, and it might be poisonous? <laughs> it's okay. That's the sheet of the Rambam. The Rajva disagrees, and the Rajva says, no, no, no. The Rajva says, Amar de Gazach, the Rajva is a Chiddush, that the Rabbanu Shlom created a new Isser. There's a new prohibition of what? That even in a case of doubt, even if it turns out being okay, the Rajvah says a Chiddush, that even if you're in, in a case of doubt, if there might be something wrong, the Rabbanu Shalom says, don't do it. If it turns out to be treif, for sure you did something wrong. Even if it turns out to be kosher, you still did something wrong. Because the Rabbanu Shalom doesn't want you to take that risk. So we have machlekes between the Rambam and the Rajvah. Again, this is the machlekes. Whether you have a case of doubt from the Torah. So what, what exactly... Let, let's say, you know, what exactly am I supposed to be doing at that time? So the Rajva says, if you're not sure what's in front of you is kosher or treif, then you're not supposed to eat that doubt. You're not supposed to put yourself in that situation of doubt, even, even if it turns out that, there was, that, it was, that it was kosher. You still did something wrong. Because what you did was put yourself in that, in that situation of doubt. You, you might have eaten treif in your mind. And that itself is also. The Rambam disagrees. The Rambam says, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is if you end up eating the treif. And the Rabbanu Shalom is not telling you what to do. Seichel, your own uh, self-preservation should dictate not to do something dangerous like that. There's nothing, there's nothing new, there's no new Israel. So that's the concept. That's the concept. So again, it means that according to the Rambam, if you have, let's go back to the case of Nashim Tali. You have two pieces of meat in front of you. One's kosher, one's treif. Before you eat anything, you now go and you eat one of the pieces of meat. Did you do anything wrong? The only thing that you might have done wrong is if it ended up being a, a treif piece of meat. Let's, in others, let's say this. You have a scenario, two pieces of meat, one's kosher, one's treif, and I, I take the plunge. I eat one of the pieces. Let's say it turns out that it was kosher. I ate the kosher piece of meat. Did I do anything wrong? You violated Rabbanu. So, Midr on the level. Midr did I do anything wrong? According to Rabbanu, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I was a shtigl meshegna. I, you know, I jumped off the plane without a, you know, without a, a, a whatchamacallit, without a parachute. It was risky. But it worked out okay. The only problem is going to be is if I ate, the, if the piece of meat that I ate is taka a treif piece. But if a violation of the bonnet is a daraisa, then you violate the daraisa. Uh, that's already, that's already, yeah, that, that's complicated. Right. So we're going to avoid that. that and a chanami, theoretically. But we're talking about just mitzad, like th- this, this scenario. So here's the naf kamino. What exactly is the ashram tali for? So I'm bringing an ashram tali. I'm bringing an ashram tali, right? What was the halach? Let's remind ourselves. I eat one of the pieces of meat. I'm not sure what I did. I have to bring an ashram tali. If later on I find out that Itaka ate the piece that's treif, then I have to bring a chatas. So what exactly was the ashram tali for? So, you can, so, one can, so, so it's like this. If you hold like the rajba, right, that there's, when I eat that piece of meat and it turns out being treif, there was two things I did wrong. First of all, I ate treif. And second of all, I took the risk of eating treif. 
right? That according to the Rajba, again, besides the actual aver of eating treif, I wasn't even allowed to take the risk of eating treif. So in the Rajba, there's two things that I did wrong. So therefore, in the Rajba, you can suggest, what's the point of an Ashim Tali? What's the point of an Ashim Tali? To give me a kapara for the risk that I took. Is it two, is really two or is it just an extension of one? So, so you, can make an, you, could, you could make the argument that it's taka too. Yeah. That, there's, that, there, that there's one aver which is called eating treif. And there's another aver which is called putting yourself at risk of eating treif. And even, and even if I ended up eating kosher, I still did that. I, I took that risk, and that was usher. But if you clarified that it was actually usher before you brought the shantelah, you should still agree. Ah, so that's going to be another, another question of here. But let me, let's, just, let's just work it through. Let's just work it through. But I don't, I don't yeah. exactly understand what the case of Rambam. Why is there the prat of that then, then it gets eaten or lost? Well, he, in that case, he's, just trying to, he's trying to say, like, why can't you figure it out yourself? Like, look at the other piece and determine whether it was the, the tray yeah, for one or not. But, but what I'm saying is that when he ate it, it seems like if it wasn't lost, there, there wasn't a full risk. That right. So that's, that's, what he's, that's what he's suggesting as well. So let, 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 let's, just, let's just work it through. Again, the, the question that we're dealing with right now is what exactly is an Ashram Tali being brought for? What is it giving a kapara for? Again, so there's, in the Rajva, as I mentioned, there's theoretically two things at play over here. There's the Avera of the actual eating tray. And then there's the Avera of, of doing something that might have, that was, that was very risky. So again, I'm not saying this is the Pshat, but I'm just saying one can theoretically suggest that maybe the Ashim Toloi, in the Ram, in, in, according to the Rajba, is not about the Avera of eating the treif. It's bringing you a Kapara for the risk that you took. And that's why, for the time being, you have to bring the Ashim Toloi. If it turns out, and, it, and the Ashim Toloi accomplishes giving you a Kapara for the risk factor. If it turns out that you find out that Yutaka ate the treif piece, then you have to bring a karmachatas for the treif, for the actual aver of eating treif. But that's all good and well in the Rajba. Again, even in the Rajba, you could, make, you could have the issues. But let's assume for a second the Rajba that works. In the Rambam, it's not true. In the Rambam, if I have the two pieces of meat, and I'm, I'm shigana, I, I take one piece and I eat it. What, there's only one problem that theoretically happened over here. It's eating treif. If it ends up being kosher, I didn't do anything wrong. Okay, I took a risk. But there, was, there is no issue with actually taking risk. The issue is eating trade. So here's the question. So what is Ashim Tali bringing the Kapara for? The only Aveira at hand is eating the trade. So I'm a if I'm, eating, if I'm bringing the Ashim Tali and the Ashim Tali gives me a Kapara for eating trade, then I had a Kapara for that. Then what's the difference now that I find out I did it? It's the same thing. I mean, either, I'm, either the Kapara, either the carbon worked or didn't. What the Aveira becomes a bigger Aveira once I know that I did it. What exactly? No, here's the question. What exactly is changing when I find out I ate treif? In the Rajva, what changes is now I know I did another avera besides taking a risk. But in the Rambam, what changed exactly from the very beginning? All the the only issue at hand was eating treif. And if I brought up Nashim totally because of that possibility of maybe I ate treif, and it brought me a kapara, it brought me a kapara. And now that I find out I did it, now I have to read another kapara. What, what does that change? Okay, so, but if I do find out, then, then I know. I brought a Nashim Tully already. I brought a carbon. What, again, what is a Nashim Tully giving a kapara for? If it's bringing you a kapara for the possibility of eating the treif carbon, the, the, the treif piece of meat, then fine, then I have a kapara for that. Now I found that I for sure did it. Okay, whatever it is. I'm not, the only reason I was bringing a Nashim Tully was because of that possibility of maybe I ate the piece of treif. So on that, on that possibility that I ate the piece of treif, I brought a carbon already. What exactly is Ashim Tali for? Everyone agrees with the bringing. 
Everyone agrees to that, that once you find out that you, have to, that you ate uh, uh, the treif, you have to bring a new carbon chattas. So what, what exactly? What, the, the Avera becomes worse once I know that he did it. If all the question, okay, this is the question, what exactly is Hashem Tali for? It's fair in the Rambam. It's fair in the Rambam. Okay, so it's like this. So the, the, to me, the only satisfying answer is uh, if you go into Pneum Satar a little bit. Which is a little bit funny, but, you know, it's way, way, way worse sometimes. So there's a, it's always like that. Yeah, to me it is. So it's like this. Um, this is an idea that the Kamarna, the Rebbe of Kamarna talks about. It's a very, 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 very important idea. <clears throat> One other thing, by the way, an interesting tidbit that we have to, we'll see if, we'll see if we have time to explain this, because it is getting late, but just one small idea is that there is a chiddish when it comes to Nashim Tali, is that generally speaking, let's say a person doesn't have air, they have to bring a carbon. So you should bring a carbon as soon as possible, right? Bring a carbon as soon as possible. If you push it off, if you wait a year, two years, three years, okay, yeah, you know, uh, you should do it as soon as possible. But as soon as you bring it, as, as you know, once you bring it, you bring it. There's a Nashim Tali, there's a chiddish by Nashim Tali is that obviously, you should bring an Hashem Tali as soon as possible, once you know that you, that you might have done something wrong. But the Allah is, if you push off bringing your Hashem Tali till Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is Mechaper. Yom Kippur is Mechaper, and it takes care of an Hashem Tali. If after Yom Kippur, you find out that you actually did that there, you then have to bring the Karban Chattas. But in terms of your obligation to bring an Hashem Tali, while you're still unsure whether you did it or not, Yom Kippur takes care of that. It's a Chiddush. You have to think about that. What is it? Why has Yom Kippur... Again, so you have two questions over here. What exactly is the Avera that the Ashram Tali is being brought for? If it's for actually eating the treif, well then, why do I have to bring a carbon chattas once I found that I ate it after I brought an Ashram Tali? If the Ashram Tali is for that Avera, then I was taken care of already. That's question number one. And question number two is, whatever Avera the Ashram Tali is coming to take care of, why does Yom Kippur replace it? And not, Yom Kippur doesn't work for other Karbanas, just for Ashram Tali. Okay, <clears throat> so there's a concept from the Kamarna. So let me, let me try to explain a little bit uh, of what he says. This is a, a concept that we find in many, many Svarim, just the way the Kamarna puts it. The Rabbanish will create the world that there are three dimensions. There are three dimensions that we exist in. There are three types of experiences that we have. There are three parts of ourselves. And that's Kedusha, things that are holy, is a part of us which is holy. There are part, there's part of the world which is holy. There are experiences which are holy. So you have a neshama, right? It's holy. You have a pair of tefillin, It's holy. You have your shalayim. It's holy. And then you have the opposite. You have experiences as a part of you, as a part of the world, experiences in life which are tome, which are ra, evil, evil. So you have your Sahara, right? Uh, you have a piece of uh, chazer. You have, uh, I don't know, it's hard to say, is mamish ra, I don't know, uh, you have uh, uh, Amalek or something, you have a place of Amalek, yeah, places that are Ra. No. But then there's something that's called in between, that's something that's called in this form, Klipas Noiga, that which is in between, what's in between. Not everything is so extreme, black and white, right? There are very, a lot of, there's, there, most of life is in truth gray areas. So you have inside of you, you have a part of you that which wants to do something really wrong, that's terrible. You have a part of you which wants something very good, that's great. But then there's a part of you that just wants to, I don't know, drink a cup of water, I don't know, or just have a cup of coffee, or just sit back and relax, or, or, or go on vacation, or, or have a conversation, who knows what? Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. Is there anything particularly good with that? No, right? So you have uh, most of chutzlarts. Is most of chutzlarts holy? No. Is most of chutzlarts evil? 
No. It, it is what it is. It just is. Right? It just is. You have a, within yourself, you know, you have, um, you have uh, a, a part of you which wants to do good, as I mentioned, a part of you wants to do bad, and then there's like your, sort of your personality, right? Is there anything inherently good about a person's personality? Not necessarily. Is there anything inherently bad about a person's personality? No. There's a category of reality, this middle category, this middle category that's called klipas noiga. That's the term for it. Klipa is, uh, means a shell. That's usually a term that we use for something that's terrible. That's ra, because it blocks the Rabbanishom's presence, klipa. The word noiga means glowing, means light. So klipas noiga means that which is in between. Something that can be brought to the jurisdiction of holy, or it can be brought to the jurisdiction of impurity. That's the battleground. That's the battleground of Avedis Hashem. Avedis Hashem is oriented to that middle point. Avedis Hashem is obviously about doing good things and staying away from bad things, but, the, but part of Avedis Hashem, a major part of Avedis Hashem, is conquering territory, which means everything that's neutral, that's what every, the evil, good and evil are fighting over those things. Good and evil are fighting over the cup of water. How are you going to drink the cup of water? Are you going to make a bracha? You're not going to make a bracha. Are you going to drink it for the right reasons, the wrong reasons? What are you going to do with the energy the water gives you? Those are all within the jurisdiction of Klipas Neige, and that's the battleground. That's the, that's the fight. That's the fight. When we talk about, for example, in Chazal, Chazal talk about this, when Mashiach comes, Eretz Yisrael will be nespashe, that Eretz Yisrael will expand and cover the entire planet. What is the meaning of that? The deeper meaning of that is that what, what's being described over there in, in physical terms is this conquest, that Kedusha will conquer the territory of neutral. And once that happens... Once that happens, once neutral is incorporated into holy, then all of a sudden evil just dissipates. Because we know, there's a general principle, that evil could only exist, everything only exists because the Rabbani Shalom is giving it chiyas, giving it life. And the Rabbani Shalom, so to speak, doesn't get his hands dirty in terms of actually giving life to evil itself. The way evil exists is by its, it siphons off energy from neutral and ultimately from Kedusha. And that's why the Sahara is fighting so desperately to have a Jew, like, you know, eat food without brachas, or eat food for the wrong reasons, or to waste time, things like this. Because not that there's anything inherently wrong with, with uh, drinking a cup of water, with making a bracha for the wrong, you know, just thinking about your own gosh, there's nothing wrong with that. But once, but once you have that neutral territory, that's a little bit connected to the Sahara. The Sahara siphons energy off of it and, and fills himself up. That's the, that's the battleground. So the Kamarna says like this. The Kamarna says that what is the site of Ashim Tali? The Ashim Tali is not giving, an av- not giving a kapara to that veyr of eating treif. We already said. Because if, if that's what it was for, then what exactly changes now that I know I did it? So what exactly is the kapara? What's the Ashim Tali bringing a kapara for? Said the Kamarna Mardikhidish. He says the, the concept of an Ashim Toloi is that this is the this, this situation in life that obligates the Ashim Toloi, as I said, you have two pieces of meat, you're not sure what you ate, and so on. But really what the Ashim Toloi is accomplishing is giving a kapara for all the klipas noiga that the person ever had. All those vague neutral territories in life, every time the person ate and drank and had a conversation, it wasn't holy, it wasn't good, it was like kind of vague in between Ashim Toloi. It was sort of hanging in the balance. Is it, what, did, he, did he fully conquer it for Kedusha? No. Did he fully allow it to go into the Eight Sahara? Also not. It remains sort of in between. And as long as, as, as the sort of the divrei chol, the, 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 you know, the, the neutral things of life, as long as they remain neutral, 
as long as they're not fully conquered to Kedusha, then they're always going to, th- th- then they themselves allow room for the Yitzhar to exist. They allow room for the Yitzhar to find sustenance and to, in other words, like this. If a person takes in a piece of food, right? It's kosher. I'm not talking about, it's a kosher piece of food. That food that you take in, it's neutral, right? It's a neutral piece of food. But when you take that in, who's getting sustenance from it? Well, theoretically, both your Yitzhar and your Yitzhar. How do you make sure, another, why is that? Because when the food comes in, it's neutral. And both sides, both camps, associate themselves with that which is neutral. Kedusha has no problem with neutral. It's not, nothing wrong about it. And evil has no problem with that which is neutral. It's not opposed to it either. And as long as things remain neutral like that, each side could get sustenance. So as you eat, your Yitzhahara gets stronger, and your Yitzhahara both. It remains in that state of doubt. The avoid is, but if a person eats, for example, making brachas properly, and with the kavana to use that energy to serve Hashem, then what happens is, when as the food you take in, it's no longer neutral. It's now completely to the side of Kedusha. And when it's completely to the side of Kedusha, the Yitzhar has no way to, to grow from that. And slowly but surely, you could starve your Yitzhar to death like that. This is the meaning where Chazal say that Davna Melech killed his Yitzhar with fasting. Killed his Yitzhar, how do you do? Like Yitzhar like, needs food. Yeah, Yitzhar needs food. And killing the Yitzhar with fasting means that everything that, that Davna Melech ate, he, whenever he did eat, he, only, he made sure that he ate and it was in a way that it didn't remain neutral. It stayed to the side of Kedusha and it starved as he ate Sahara, literally. So this is, so in other words, so he, he, the, the scenario is like this. What is an Hashem Tali for? An Hashem Tali is to bring the Jew a kapara for all the things, for all the experiences, the food, the drink, the experiences of life, the life that the person had until that point, that, remain, that, that those experiences remained neutral. And as long as they remain neutral, they're not bad. They're not exceptionally good either. And because of that, it's going to lend, it's going to give chiyas, it's going to le- give life and sustenance both to his good side, the Yetzir Taif, and to his Yetzir That's what the Ashram Tali is for. When the Rabban, says the Kamar Gazach, when the Rabban Shalom has determined that, like Adkan, this guy needs to, we need to, we need to fix all those years of, uh, of eating and all the, all the Klippa Snaga that have not yet been conquered by Kedusha, at, at some point, the Rebbeinu decides, like, okay, we gotta, we got to do something about that. So what's going to happen? The, the Kamarna says, and the Rebbeinu is going to put him in a situation where he's going to have these two pieces of meat, eat one, not sure what to do, and obligate him to bring an Ashim Tole. But what the Ashim Tole is really for is not for the piece of meat necessarily. It's for all the eating and all the experiences of life that this guy ever had, which were neutral experiences, but weren't yet, they weren't conquered for Kedusha. And that's what the Ashim Tole is for. That's what the word Ashim Tully, it's Tully, it's, it, it's, it's hanging in the balance. It's for all those experiences of life which, ha, which, which are remaining hang, hanging in the balance. This is why Yom Kippur comes to, Yom Kippur replaces the Ashim Tully. The whole inning of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is not only just about a, a kapara for like actual averis. Yom Kippur is about fixing the problem. Yom Kippur is about fixing the problem. You could do tshuva throughout the whole year. Yom Kippur, Aserah Smei Tshuva, and so on, is about fixing the problem. And to fix the problem, it's really about making every single a part of you whole. It's about not allowing there to be anything that's neutral, which might lend itself to the Yitzhahara's growth. It's about making every single part of me is Kaidish. That's what Yom Kippur is, right? So we, we, we wear white clothing. We say out loud like Malachim. On Yom Kippur is a one day where every single part of us is, is Kaidish. 
And things that are neutral, we don't allow them to be neutral. We have to incorporate them into Kedusha. That's what Yom Kippur is. Yom Kippur is a tikkun to Klippas Naga. Yom Kippur is a tikkun that anything that's neutral in my life should become conquered for Kedusha. And because of that, the Yitzhar just simply doesn't have anywhere to stand on. The Yitzhar doesn't have anywhere to, to hold on to. Therefore, Yom Kippur is a replacement for Nashim Tali. Because that's what Nashim Tali is. So this is the big strategy that we're learning from this. What's the Avaidah for us for Nashim Tali? The Avaidah is, very often, the Yitzhar, when you, when, you, when you face the Yitzhar head on, it's very difficult. The Yitzhar is very strong. So more often than not, a better strategy is to cut off his supply lines. Instead of, instead of facing the enemy head on, if the enemy is being supplied with weapons and, and, uh, and energy and so on, an easier mahalach, instead of facing the vast amount of enemy soldiers, is if you could cut the supply lines. If you cut his supply lines, just give it time, the enemy, the enemy will, will wither and die. So how do you cut the supply lines of the Yitzhara? To cut the supply lines of the Yitzhara is that when you do things that are inherently neutral, to try to do it as much as L'shem Shemaim as possible. Because when you do, and, and, and what's interesting is, when you're confronted in those scenarios, you're not going to find too much opposition. Because the Yitzhara, that's not his territory. So he's not even fighting so much about that. It's mamish under the radar. Person eats, drinks, has conversations, and just uh, tries to live a life that's as much L'shem Shemaim as possible. Then automatically with time, you'll find your Yitzhara weaker, weaker and weaker and weaker. Because that's what's happening. You're, you're conquering more of Klippas Naiga to the side of Kedusha. And automatically, Yitzhar is just withering, is withering away. So that's the Avayt of, of, of Ashram Tali. That we should have a Kapar Mamish to do Tshuva and to entire ourselves in all things and be Zechet to find that time of where Eretz Yisrael will talk about and conquer all of the world with Kedusha. So, so I... Wow. So...